Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, kitchen chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today, and I hope you are having a fantastic day. Well, you are going to be inspired by our next guest. He has been on Kitchen Chat before, and I always leave our conversation just feeling inspired and encouraged in and out of the kitchen. So I'd like to introduce you again to Kent Rollins. I like to call him Cowboy Kent. And he has a new book out called Faith, Family, and the Feast uh, with Kent and his wife, Shannon Rollins. Welcome to Kitchen Chat, Kent. Oh, thank you so much, Margaret. It's always a highlight if I can just get to visit with you. And uh, I thank you for what you do for uh, spreading the good news everywhere. And Aww. it's it's, like, it's just an honor. And we're really proud of this book that's coming out. Oh, well, I would love to hear about the inspiration behind this book called Faith, Family, and the Feast. Well, you know, I was I was raised down here in a little bitty rural part of southwest oklahoma which is uh time has sort of passed by you know we we have a lot of empty buildings in the streets now we uh we don't have a lot of industry here unless it's farmer ranch but it's still a very strong faith and family-based town and i was fortunate enough to be raised by some some of the greatest parents i think that i ever had the chance to be around and they they taught me that Faith, love, and food will get you through anything that uh, in life that uh, might happen to you. And my mother was a great inspiration and a great cook and taught me that if you can blend food together with whatever you have and share it with family, then you have the, a, a recipe for success and happiness. Oh, I love that. And those times of, of growing up were so much more simple in the approach to life. And you touch about that in your book. Can you share some insight about how we've become so fast-paced and what that missing ingredient is from the good old days? Well, you know, one thing that we always had instilled in us, and we still do here at our house, and that's we we gather at a table to have a meal. We bless it and we're thankful for what we have and what we've given the opportunities. But uh, I know in the cookbook we wrote there's there's so many times now that people are holding a cell phone more than they are holding a fork at the table. You know, <laughs> That's so it's true. it's not a time of of drive up windows and cell phones. It's a time to step back. We we ask people, you know. Think about Norman Rockwell and, and step back into the to the good old days and let's prepare some of the food that come from there, but let's also put a new twist on a lot of different things too. Yes, and it's so important. It's about gathering, no matter what the venue might be, whether it's in your home. That is right. Yes, and the table or literally on the road with cowboys in the middle of 
field and starry skies. Um, For the benefit of the listeners who might not have heard our previous podcast, can you share with us, Kent, how you got involved in um, the the culinary field and and cooking these huge meals uh, literally out in the fields? Well, my mother started me to cook uh, when I was seven, eight years old. Uh, I thought, you know, I I love what my mother does. And a lot of times before we'd have to go somewhere horseback or something, it might be 15 degrees and snowing. I'm thinking it'd be a whole lot warmer in that kitchen than it would out there in the saddle. Uh, So Mama, she'd sort of get me in there and let me have a hand at it. But I never knew I was going to have to wash dishes at the time, Margaret, or I might have got pulled back in the saddle. But um, she taught me how to make something out of a little bit of nothing. And uh, she always said, cook from the heart, cook what you love. And um, when I started cooking for ranches and feeding cowboys, and I've been on a lot of ranches to where the cook might not be the greatest in the world, but you never complained. Uh, Mm. That was just part of growing up and and proper cowboy etiquette. But I learned that cowboys respected me from both sides of the fire. Mm. I've been on their side and branded cattle with a fire and many hours in a saddle but when they come to that chuck wagon to eat now they know this guy's been over here and he is a great cook and you feed a crew well uh they work better and uh we've had so many ranches that have reached out to us every year wanting us to cook cook again for them and and they're like family when you're with someone five or six weeks in the middle of three hundred thousand acres uh you make them family time goes by quicker Wow. So the venue of 300,000 acres just out in the open air, it is a gathering place, um, a little bit different from a home kitchen, but you bring that same feeling to the outdoors. And I'd love to just get a word picture, if we could, of what the setup is like. Uh, are you, you mentioned a chuck wagon. Is it like the olden days? I mean, I, I mean, what does that look like for feeding today's ranchers and cowboys? You know, when, when the cattle drives were so big, and that, that happened after the Civil War, when there was a great expansion of people, and people needed something to eat, and there was many, many herds of longhorn cattle, thousands that were roaming South Texas, parts of New Mexico, Arizona, Oklahoma, even on into Louisiana and Arkansas. And so we feed, we need to feed the people. So we gather the cattle and we drive them north, put them on a railway. And the guy that took care of that was what they called old Cookie. Hmm. He truly did have the first Meals on Wheels ever invented. Wow. And he fed a lot of folk. The method in which it took place hasn't changed we still use the same things old cookie had i just have a whole lot more modern to go with it uh the the long cattle drives don't happen anymore with the the coming of more railways and the trucking industry cattle are shipped a whole lot easier Mm -hmm. uh but it's the same principle uh we get up every morning usually if we're on a ranch uh anywhere between two and three o'clock in the morning and build a fire and start breakfast and uh It's a gathering place for cowboys to come, and they sit around there like it's home, like you'd sort of dream of, Margaret, when you'd walk in an old, old coffee shop, and there are just people gathered around sitting and visiting. And that's what we 
try to keep at our camps all the time mm-hmm. because I like that camaraderie. It makes the day start off a whole lot better. And uh, when you're in Mother Nature's kitchen, you never know what you're going to get for weather. <laughs> I mean, I've cooked when it's been 117, and I've cooked when it was minus 10, you know. Wow. So you don't have a plan that's A, B, and C. You have a plan that goes plumb to Z. Oh, wow, I cannot even imagine, you're right, battling the elements that we don't face in uh, our home kitchens. I love to, because it's all about food as well, the wonderful recipes that you highlight. And I, I'm so, would be so intrigued to learn about the history of some of them, because you mentioned that a lot of the ingredients, um, were inspired by Mexican flavors. Is there a history within um, the the cattle cowboys and the cattle ranching that that makes this so? Yes, ma'am. You know, they, it really the we we claim to have cowboys started the vaqueros down in Mexico, which ventured out up into Southern California so many hundreds of years ago. And the vaquero was the first cowboy. And there were so many of the dishes that they eat and the old cooks created for them that had a lot of spice to them, whether it be a green chili, a habanero pepper, a jalapeno pepper. But they learned ways to blend that over to where it tied in and made everything a little little bit better. And still the ranches we cook on today, a lot of them are in the Southwest, mm-hmm. uh, Arizona, New Mexico. And there's always been a a great tradition of uh, Mexican food in the country anyway. Yes. So I, I've always liked Mexican food and I always told people I like my food to sort of bite back on occasion. Uh, mm-hmm. There have been times that I've learned I have to cut it back a little for certain people. But sure. there's so many great ingredients that you can use, whether it be a fresh pepper out of the garden or a dried pepper you can get at a store. They bring out so much more flavor. Yes, and I, I love this recipe, cowboy guacamole. Can you share with us about the special ingredients with that? Well, years ago, uh, I never even knew what an avocado was and sure didn't eat no guacamole. I can remember <laughs> telling Scott Simon on CBS Sunday morning that time when they did a piece on us, uh, you know, I just really didn't have a broad palate, as Shan might say, for some foods. And she told him, she said, how did you get him to eat guacamole? And Shan (laughs) said, well, he he stepped in a lot of stuff that looked like that in his life, and it was really hard to get him converted to eat some of it. So, uh, But I learned to like it, you know, and and we changed it a lot um, through the years. But it's really very simple. But I think the thing that really brings it about is the pickled jalapenos. They have such a different flavor to me than what you would just cut a regular jalapeno up and put in there. Uh, I think it's more the pickling spice that goes in there with it, but they bring out so much more flavor. And when you can, when you can add fresh garlic to it, uh, it even makes it better. And we probably have it now at least twice a week. Wow. Wow. And then, was I reading that you use a potato masher for it? Yes, ma'am. I I like mine to be a little smoother and not so chunky. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I first started making it, and Shan said, for somebody that doesn't like 
guacamole, you might make the best guacamole I ever eat. She <laughs> said, it's really creamy smooth. And I said, well, I, I don't want it like it's a blender. Mm-hmm. But I said, a good tater masher does it some good. I think it blends the ingredients a little better than just leaving big hunks of avocado in there. Yes. And uh, when you can have it that smooth, whoo. It is some good, good eating. (laughs) I love it. And I also love how you elevate a lot of what is being served in the outdoors. I was very impressed to see the French influence with cowboy eggs benedict served with lemon hollandaise sauce. Yeah, I, you know, when, when me and Shen wanted to create this cookbook, and we, like I say, a lot of the inspiration sure come from my mother and the ranches that we'd cooked on and the heritage, but also from our great YouTube audience from watching our channel. And and I try to answer every comment that's on there. And sometimes that might be 2000 or 3000 comments (laughs) a video. uh, But people love to see you put a cowboy twist on something. Hmm. I remember the first time I ordered eggs Benedict, I'm thinking, I don't really know what this is, but it's good eating. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would experiment with different ways and different kinds of doing things. And, uh, you know, it might take me in the beagle three times making it before we knew what we was doing. But uh, it's always turned out pretty good in the end. And, and I do love a breakfast. And the sauce to me is really what brings all that together. Yes, the secret is in the sauce, <laughs> for sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then I love your um, section called Baptized by Bertha, and it's all about grilling. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about Bertha, and how do you grill? I mean, how do you bring all the ingredients and everything that comes along with grilling on the road like that? Well, for people that might not know who Bertha is, she's 385 pounds of burning love. Um, (laughs) She is an old wood stove that I've had. I've wore out the first one that I ever had in 26 years and got a new one built uh, off the old pattern. And it's about three foot high and about three foot wide. And the top is just like the old wood stoves they used to have so many years ago they have eyes in there to where you can take the eye out and actually set something in that hole to get it hotter there's no knobs no electricity ever in my kitchen so you sort of learn how to manage fire in a different way by being able to to move something to one side or rake the coals to one end or the other but uh the top all comes off old bertha and expanded metal griddle uh grill goes on and um we have cooked a lot of steak on there. I tell people we have baptized a lot. <laughs> oh, are you still there? I can't, I'm kind of losing you. Are you there? Yes, ma'am. How about that? Is that any better? Oh, this is better, yes. And you were just talking about, okay. um, if we could go back to, um, you're talking about Bertha. You've cooked over 350, I can't remember what you were saying. You kind of went out at that point but if we could just take it back up from bertha all right well bertha is a like i say 385 pounds of burning hunk of love she is made (laughs) out of plate metal um she's been with me for about 31 years and uh, she's usually the first thing that ever gets unloaded before we're at a camp uh it's a 
It's a great way to maintain fire. It's sort of enclosed. That way I don't have to worry about fire getting away from me when I'm on a ranch so much. Mm -hmm. But it's very versatile. Uh, The top comes off. A grill can be put on there. Uh, I've heated water on it to take a bath in. So Bertha's got many uses. She just don't have a knob. When people say turn that down to low heat, you have to learn (laughs) where low heat is on Bertha. Wow. Uh, You know, you may move something to one side or put something on a taller trivet to get it away from the fire. But uh, a lot of steaks and a lot of seafood, a lot of pork has been baptized by Bertha's Flame. Oh, that is great. And I love, too, for all of the grill enthusiasts out there, you really go um, by wood type and talking about the coal quality, you know, either wood, coal, heat, and the notes um, with the different types of wood. And I was so surprised, I did not know pecan wood is used, and it's a good smoking wood. I learned so much through this chart. Well, you know, we're blessed in southwest Oklahoma to have, uh, some people call it a blessing, some it's a curse, and that is a mesquite tree, and they, Mm. they will take over a pasture if they get a chance, but it's a very great cooking wood. It's a hot wood, makes a hearty coal. But we wanted to explain in there about the different types of wood the flavor that they might bring out, but also the heat. You know, mm. pecan wood is, uh, has got quite a bit of oil in it, so it makes a great smoking wood. And I know a lot of people use it back in the east and the southeast. We don't have a lot here, but we do at times get to use it. Uh, we do have some oak, and oak is a great wood to either cook with or smoke with. So uh, we try to break it down and tell you which ones are going to have the most heat to them, which ones are going to last the longest, and what you can do for flavor. I love that. I mean, this book is going to be an inspiration to so many people in so many ways. And I love that you and your wife, Shannon, wrote this together. And what are some of her special touches in the cookbook? Well, I tell folks, Shannon's like American Express. I don't go nowhere without her. Um, <laughs> she's a, She's been, a, she was one of the first people well, she was the first woman to cook off a working chuck wagon on Bell Ranch in New Mexico. Wow. For so many years, women weren't allowed in cow camps. It just wasn't. It was a thing that had always just been that way. And when Shan come along and people would ask me if we could come cook on the ranch, I'd say, first of all, is my wife welcome? Mm-hmm. And they would say yes. And um, there's no spa days. There's no vacation days where we are. And uh She's the toughest thing I've ever seen. She's a great photographer. Uh, All the pictures in the book with maybe one or two are all hers that she's took on ranches. She took all the food pictures. Uh, But she's a great writer, too. And and I told her in this book because we wanted it to be mine and hers both. And um, she has got some great recipes in there. Uh, She loves dessert cooking. She is a great Dutch oven cook. Mm-hmm. And uh, but she has took desserts to a whole new level on a ranch when they're so we'll be cooking and have dessert, and people will tell her, "I didn't know you could cook this in a Dutch oven." Wow! You know, and it's anything that can be cooked in the house can be cooked in a Dutch oven because all these recipes were done outside first before they were ever done in the house. Wow. Oh, that is just terrific. And I love, too, how you garnish 
the chapters with some of your favorite verses um, and just to give inspiration to everyone along the way. And that's the, the ingredient of your faith. It is. Um, you know, I've, I've always been a person that uh, knew exactly where, where my blessings come from, and that's from God. Yes. And we're, we were so fortunate to, to always know this, but we, we always make sure that every meal we have ever owned in a wagon, and, and the Cowboys know it, and they're a very patriotic, faith-based bunch as well, that everybody takes a hat off. We all stand in silence, and we bless every meal and thank the good Lord for the blessings that we have, you know, whether that be in, in, in the food we have, the weather we have, but also just the opportunity that we get to live the lifestyle we have. Oh, this is just beautiful. And I love, too, how you dedicate it to those men and women who are serving our country as well. Yes, and that that goes back to from a lot of the YouTube stuff. We have so many viewers who are in the armed forces or veterans, and, and they would send us emails and say, you know, what we did today or what we witnessed today was not pleasant. Mm. But when we get back, we pull your videos up on a computer and we watch them and we feel like we're home. Aww. We have so many gifts that we re- we've received from from servicemen and women all over the United States and abroad. Uh, we had an, an Air Force pilot that sent us their flag that they flew over several missions in Afghanistan. And it just touches my heart uh, mm-hmm. that if we can bring a little bit of simple into their life, but a little bit of, of laughter and a little bit of home to them, Hey, we're money ahead, and and I always tell folks we we owe them and God so much, and yes. uh, I'm always going to pay tribute to them. And if people have watched our videos, they'll know that at the end of every video, I tip my hat and I tell every one of them as we look at that old American flag, thank you for what you do for our country, because I think sometimes it goes often unnoticed. Absolutely, and thank you for all that you're doing and blessing my life and the lives of so many of the listeners and viewers with with all that you do and with your wonderful new book, Faith, Family, and the Feast. Uh, listeners, I'll make sure I have a link to that on my website, kitchenchat.info, and also a link to Kent's website, kentrollins.com, and his YouTube channel as well. And Kent, I always like to end the show with three tips for the home chef. Um, what is it that you've you've learned on the road that that will really help the home chef in his or her kitchen? First of all, always have faith in yourself that you can get it done. Uh, don't be afraid to experiment, to go out of the box. I learned that when I was on Chopped. Sometimes you may not know what something is, or you may not have an ingredient that is called for, but you learn what will take its place, and you learn that it will blend in well. And the last thing is, always be sure that you bless the food and share it with family and friends. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing everything with oh, us Margaret, today. It is my pleasure, Margaret, and we look so forward to the book coming out. And uh, just thank you so much, ma'am, for all that you do. And uh, we hope that you have a blessed day. 
Oh, thank you. And thank you, dear foodie friends, for tuning in today. Make sure you visit Kent at KentRollins.com and his YouTube channel as well and his new book, Faith, Family, and the Feast. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.